and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, John McFarlane. Today I'm joined by Mr. Gavin Berry. Welcome, Gav. How you doing, Johnny? I'm glad to be here, mate, and great to have you on the podcast in the absence of Mr. Scott McDermott, who's getting a well-earned break. Well-earned break. He's he's off to try and um, do some running, lose a few pounds, get himself fit. He's doing all that. Yeah, if ever a man needed his daily exercise, <laughs> more than his permitted daily exercise, just as well as up to two, then it's Scott McDermott. So don't tell him I said that. I hope he's not listening, but I hope he's getting out and getting, I mean, a, getting a good few kilometres under his belt. I would weigh in and slag him off, but I am in absolutely no position to talk about anyone else's health, given that I'm a fat blob. Welcome to the podcast. I think we're all needing this daily exercise, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, what are we talking about today? Let's get stuck into the Rangers topics. First of all, we, well, where else can we start other than the Celtic title award coming from the SPFL? We've seen uh, the Hoops lift the ninth title in a row, and we've seen Hearts relegated or yesterday, and we're going to analyse some of the issues surrounding that. We're going to discuss Stephen Gerrard and his honeymoon as Rangers manager. Is it now over? Does he have to deliver silverware next season? And then we'll have a wee chat about potential players that could be heading into Ibrox and whether or not some of the names linked are good enough to make a difference next season. OK, so as I stated, we're going to start with the award of the title to Celtic by the SPFL. Of course, we know that the season was stopped due to the lockdown with nine games remaining for Rangers, Celtic had eight, and there was a 13-point gap between the two sides. Now, that 13-point gap undoubtedly could have been eaten into had Rangers beaten St. John's in their game, the game in hand. That would, have been, that would have brought it down to 10. And then you had two Celtic v. Rangers ties that could have, I suppose, arguably, definitely, brought it down to four if they'd went in Steve Gerrard's side's way. Uh, now... What does that mean for us going forward, Gavin? Do you believe this was a good decision, the right decision, the only decision for the SPFL as their power brokers would have us believe? I just think, to be honest, Johnny, I think the longer it dragged on, I mean, I think I remember the very first weekend that the season was stopped and, you know, we were asked for our opinions at the time and it was very much... You know, there's no way Celtic should be awarded this, you know, the title. There's no way Hearts could be relegated. There's no way Partick Thistle could be relegated. This just can't happen. I just think the longer time went on, I just think it became the, the only realistic option. I just couldn't really see any other way around it. Um, you know, we just don't know when football will be able to be played. You had the, the Sky contract for next season. And I just think... You know, the, the more it was debated, it just became the only realistic option for the SPFL. Um, I think, of course, it was such a, a huge title, you know, Celtic nine in a row. You know, Rangers just did not want to see Celtic being, you know, crowned champions at all until all of those games, you know, had been played. So I can understand the frustration there. I think the club tried, you know, their best to, you know, delay it, to fight it. Um, over the way the vote was handled, 
they called for the independent investigation, didn't have enough backing. I don't know where else they could have gone. And I think, to be honest, they were fighting a losing battle towards the end. I think now is the crucial part for Rangers. I, don't, I, know, I know a lot of fans are unhappy about it, but I just don't think Rangers as a club can afford to dwell on it because now next season becomes of absolutely huge importance. And I think if they feel sorry for themselves, it could end up impacting on next season. And I don't think... Rangers can really allow that to happen. Obviously, Douglas Park and Stuart Robertson have been putting a lot of energy into this. They compiled the dossier, which left the SPFL having to ask a lot of questions. I think an independent investigation should have happened, but it didn't. And I would be hoping, assuming that Stephen Gerrard and coaching staff and Ross Wilson would have been making use of this time to focus more on how they can firing all cylinders next season and be at their strongest you know I don't think we can waste any more time on this yeah what about the um, the time frame Gav I mean that's the thing that really I think gets on a lot of fans goats is that they look at this and they say this process was effectively begun significantly before Easter could we not have been talking about this sort of desire to call the season now wouldn't now be the appropriate time to be having the the good friday vote but that good friday vote took place weeks ago now i mean did were we bounced into this far too early perhaps it is the right decision but the right decision made at the wrong time uh yeah possibly but i think well, I mean, we cl- clubs, clubs are itching for money, aren't they? They wanted the money paid out. Well, certainly that was the case with the lower league clubs, and I think the longer time on, the same could probably be said of the of Premiership clubs. I mean, they're hemorrhaging money. Well, Anne Budge made it clear, didn't she? She said why, you know, the, the clubs were so keen to go on because they were worried about impacting on the Sky deal for next season. Look, there's probably there's two sides to this. There's the sporting issue. In terms of the sporting issue, then, yes, you're right, you know, get, give it as long as possible, you know, let, you know let's see how, how far we can go. But then, there's, then it comes down to the business side. You've got the business side where clubs are needing money because, you know, you know, it's not like England, you know, Germany. We know that that's the case. We don't have the wealth that they have. So I think the SPFL started to think more in the business sense, thinking we need to get money, we need to protect the future of our clubs here, and we need to and we need to protect next season's They didn't want to impact on that at all. Anything that would mean we didn't kick off on August the first, they were fearful because, of course, it's a record TV deal. Okay, Mark, do you, do you buy that? Is that your take on it, or do you think they were too early? I, I definitely think they were too early to go about it, but I can see why they did, especially the lower leagues. Uh, Call the lower leagues was a lot different to call the top flights the same down south. You look at the league two clubs have decided that they're going to finish their season, whereas the other leagues haven't quite decided that yet. But I think if you look back at last season, when uh, after the end of the season, Stephen Gerrard came out and said if games had finished in 86 minutes, Rangers would have won the league. And the criticism he got from pundits and stuff who are now saying the exact opposite in regards to the league were that's completely acceptable for the league to be called after 30 games, but to make that comment was laughable and 
made him look stupid and all the rest of it. I think to end the season after 30 games and hand out trophies and relegations is just a ridiculous thing when it could all have changed quite easily. We've seen it countless times where clubs have come back in the last six, seven games of the season. I mean, imagine how many years ago is it now? 15 years ago, helicopter Sunday. I think Rangers at that stage were a good six, seven points behind going into the last couple of games, last three or four games, and managed to get back to it. So it could change quite easily in football. And I don't think calling it as early as they did is the right way to go about it. So, Mark, if your position is that the league was indeed called too early, you're backing what I was saying earlier. How do you feel about the use of the average points? I mean, ultimately, is this a fair way to decide the leagues as they stand? I, I do think that is a fair way to decide it, if they're going to call it. Uh, I, it's probably getting to a stage where they should have should be beginning to discuss calling leagues. I, would, I just felt it was too early. Uh, but the points per game system does work well I think it shows uh, exactly how clubs have performed over the season maybe the only other way would have been to do it I think it's the way they're doing it in League 2 in England is the weighted points per game so it bases it on their home and away form uh, obviously that wouldn't have changed the results too much in Scotland but that could have been the only other way they could have looked at it but I do think it's probably the fairest way to do it if they're going to call the leagues is to do it by average points and, and Gav, you can't say that we don't put you in the tough position when you come on the Record Rangers podcast. So I'm just going to come out and ask you the difficult one. Huh? What do you make of the asterisk debate? <laughs> do Celtic have nine in a row or is it 8.75? No, it's nine in a row. I think it's as hard as it, it would be for, Rangers, for some Rangers fans to accept it. You know, we keep hearing this word just now about unprecedented. It is unprecedented times, but you know, you, you needed you need to have a winner and a loser. Unfortunately, in these circumstances, when you look at the bottom of the league, it's harsh on Hearts, even harsher on Patrick Thistle in the league below. Right, Gav, let me jump in. Let me jump in there because um, I, I disagree with you on this. I, I I agree with you with regards to Celtic. I think Celtic. Mm-hmm. They have to be made the champions because you can't null and void the leagues. I've, I've been completely convinced of that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there shouldn't be an asterisk there. The, the fact is that this season has been called eight games early, nine games for the for Rangers. So it, you can't suggest that it's the same as the last eight seasons where Celtic have won fair and square. Ultimately, sport is sport, and we're aware that in sport, last-minute changes can take place that... that Teams can come from behind and and do remarkable things. And and to be honest, given what I mapped out at the start of the podcast, I don't think what Rangers had to do was that remarkable. I mean, they win the game in hand, it's 10. They win the two games against Celtic, it's four. And four points can be quickly turned around over the course of eight games. So, listen, I'm not saying that they would have done it. I don't think Rangers would have done it. But what I'm saying is that Celtic, I don't think, can claim that this is the same as one of their other titles. And it's not not through anything that Celtic have done wrong. I think it's exactly the same for Liverpool. Unfortunately, Liverpool have gone nearly three decades, or or I can't remember exactly how long it is, but I think, yeah, nearly three decades without winning a title. But if they don't play the rest of the games, then they have to put 
that mark against that title and say, look, not all the games were finished. Is that not... I don't know why this is a hot-button topic, I suppose, is what I'm saying. I don't know why it's controversial. I don't know why people would be getting abuse on social media for making this point. To me, it's absolutely obvious. It's it's not to the detriment of Celtic or Liverpool or whoever wins the leagues. They are right to win the leagues because when the leagues were called, they were top of the league and they have more average points. But, but yeah, I, I don't understand the argument that says, well, it's exactly the same as the previous leagues. This is on because we keep saying that word that is unprecedented. But so what? So would you put an asterisk and not call it eight in a row? So I mean, when the asterisk goes there, does that mean they are champions or they're not champions? No, they are champions. But I think right. we have to be mature enough to accept that no Rangers fan will ever accept that that, that that next season is ten in a row, and every Celtic fan will will say that it is. So you will have this counterbalance between the two the two teams and it'll be like what it is in Italy with Juventus where they had the, the great scandal and, and Juventus were stripped of titles and then they, they still count those two titles they were stripped of titles due to match fixing yeah but I, I, I agree with yeah. that but I mean, that, that's a that's totally, the, we're talking about a totally different scenario here we're, we're talking about you know I mean this is as you see that this is through no fault of Celtic yeah the way, the way I see it as well is that if you, if you award the Title, then it's nine in a row. Rangers fans, yeah, if you, quite rightly, in my opinion, if, if they want to, can say it's tainted, they can say whatever they want. But at the end of the day, the record books will show Celtic as champions and nine in a row. What's what's the problem with the asterisks? I think I think it's right that that makes it look like Celtic have done something wrong here, where in reality they haven't. Uh, I just don't well, think that, it's that, fair to put that I, I, beside it. My counter to that would be that is just reality. The reality is there was nine games that Rangers didn't play and there was eight games that Celtic didn't play. So that needs to be recorded. I've seen it in looking at the, the We Red book over the years when I was a kid. Uh, and people listening to this podcast won't know what the hell I'm talking about because uh, it, it, it was so long ago it was a big thing. But there used to be a wee book that you used to get that had all <laughs> oh, the God, stats of Scottish football in it. And it would go back to the the, the 18 hundreds basically so 1878 season or whatever uh, and it would have the top scorer list and all the rest of it and if anything, anything happened in that season there would be a little asterisk they are saying x happened so i don't know if, uh, my, from my recollection there was stuff about world war ii and stuff or, or world war one like world cups and things like that world you know world cup didn't take place because of... Okay, well, listen, Johnny, Johnny, if you're saying an asterisk, you know, goes you know, next to the, you know, goes goes at the end of the same Celtic chances or, you know, season incomplete because of coronavirus, you know... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or, or, or whatever, right, okay. But, I mean, are you saying, you know, that, that not to be called, not to be... You know, called eight in a row, uh, nine in a row champions because no, or not to no, be no, just just that an asterisk basically goes next to that season. Absolutely. Oh, oh, right. Well, well, to be honest, what I'm saying is that the Rangers fans will say it isn't, and Celtic fans will say it is, right. and you know we're in the middle of that that debate as oh, impartial journalists. <laughs> so the, the the point is that um, I don't see the problem with having. That little star there that says, "By the way, oh. this is it wasn't an, it wasn't a complete season." I, I don't understand why that is such a hot button topic for people to get really, really hard and passionate about. 
No, sorry, to be honest, well, to be honest, I mean, no, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that then, no, because it is, um, I thought you were meaning, I thought you were meaning more that an asterisk saying Celtic are, you know, the championship, you know, the way that they aren't actually credited with being champions, but, no, I mean, if, no, if, an, if an asterisk went next to you to say that this season was, you know, finished after 30 games because of coronavirus or whatever, then, but, but that's probably not what, that's not necessarily what Rangers fans would be looking for. Would they? they would probably want Celtic not to be nine in a row champions. I mean, if there's an asterisk there that Celtic are still celebrating nine in a row, I mean... Yeah, but... How much of a difference does it really make? I mean, we're talking here about, in, in the world of the old firm fan... It's about bragging rights, you know, you got nine, we got ten, that, that's what they want to do. So if there's an asterisk next to next season, Celtic win the league and we're talking about being ten in a row champions, you know, if that happened, would it make a difference if there's an asterisk next to it? Or... Yeah, I, I, I think um, ultimately uh, it, it, it won't make any difference. Uh-huh. Um, but I... I, I I slightly bristle at this concept of it being just like every other title. It's not. You know, the, the title is supposed to take place over 38 games. And they always say over 38 games, the best team will rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have my concerns, to be honest, about sporting integrity around the SPFL with regards to the the, the league setup as it is, because I don't agree that, that teams should play different amount of games. Yeah. And different games are different, you know, like, so you might yeah. have to go up to Audrey three times. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or Aberdeen yeah. might have to come to Ibrox three times. Yeah. I think that's wrong. Yeah, the yeah. best way to determine, with full of sport and integrity, is for everyone to have the same uh, set of games that they play, and then and then that's the understanding of how the league is, is formed. I don't think it's fair for it not to be like that. I think it's wrong that it's not like that. And that's why I've always backed the 14-team league, because you can make it even with that regards. But this, to me, this idea that, that people are saying, oh, no, you know, Celtic absolutely deserve this league. And Well, they've not won this league. They've been awarded this league. Now, mm. I don't think they've, they, they've done anything uh, wrong. They, and they should be champions because they are top on the average points. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the SPFL at the stage could have done anything differently. But there has to be a contextualisation of where this season is in the broader context of coronavirus and what's hit the world. Uh, it can't just be, yeah, that's nine in a row. That's that that's that, that season 2019-2020, just exactly the same as every other season. Because it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, so, so we're in agreement. I think they probably are lucky as well with the timing of the coronavirus. If, it, if, if the original lockdown plans of happening the Monday or Tuesday after that old firm game had happened, Rangers had won that game, then Rangers fans might have had a better argument mm-hmm. and it would be a lot easier to decide whether Rangers could have came back to it because if they'd won that game, went 10 points behind with a game it had or lost that game when even further behind Celtic, what I mean, 16 points, then you could say that there was no way of coming back. So I think timing has been a bit unlucky as well in that sense. If, if that old firm game had been played, then this debate could have been a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Right, OK, well, we're going to move on to uh, another slightly smaller story, but uh, a cool one nonetheless. Uh, Rangers' new uh, pitch, uh, kit manufacturers, Castor, have announced 
uh, today on uh, TalkSport that fans will be able to purchase a premium kit, exactly the same as the one worn by players on the pitch. Uh, now, guys, I wasn't even aware that, and I know, I know this is going to make me sound incredibly daft, but I wasn't even really aware that the, the, the strips were different, that oh, yeah. the, the replica kits were different to the ones that the players actually wear. Yeah, so man. the idea that you can go out and buy a, a proper exact replica, as it were, that, that's a pretty cool one. I'm surprised more teams haven't haven't done that already, Mark. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's very big in American sports where they sell the, the pro kit as well. But if you've ever had the chance to feel a match word kit or anything like that, it's completely different, the over, especially over the last 10, 15 years where they've brought in better technology for aerodynamics and all this and keeping players from sweating too much and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's very big in American sports where they sell the, the pro kits as well. I mean, the field kit area, they, especially ice hockey and uh, American football, they do it quite a lot. Uh, if you look at any of their websites, they sell them for double, triple the price compared to actual replicas. So it, it'll be expensive for any Rangers fans who want to buy the pro kit compared to the replica kit. But I definitely think it's a good idea could bring in more money for Rangers, for Castor. It might make fans feel a bit closer to the players and all the rest of it, but for your average fan who just wants a replica kit, to keep that option there as well as having the pro one is definitely a great idea. Gavin, this is perhaps one of the things that makes the idea of having a kind of upstart, up-and-coming company with new ideas, a passion to make a difference in the market, to disrupt the market, um, is, is this an example of that? Definitely, I think that, that is, you know, it's, I just love, I must admit, I just love the backstory to the, the, the two brothers, the Bean brothers, um, setting up this company. I mean, um, you know, two guys that were athletes themselves, you know, one a footballer, one a cricket player, by, by their own admission, were never going to make it to elite level. But And they had no idea how to make clothes, they had no contact in the industry, and they just travelled around mills all around Europe, Italy, Switzerland, just, and, you know, they've set up and such a success story. Um I think they even maybe touched on it themselves, but a lot of the big brands, you know, like Adidas, whoever, you know, maybe get a bit, you know, maybe they do get a bit lazy. And it's good to see, you know, a company like that. And especially, you know, because this, of course, is the area where Rangers needed a clean slate because they've been crippled for years with Mike Ashley's iron-fisted grit on that, you know, section of the club. Um and of course, that was the other thing they were quick to dismiss right away. The kind of murmurings that you know Mike Ashley was somehow still in the background. But I noticed when they did their round of interviews over the weekend that they were um, they dismissed that. So that was good. So it is a clean slate. And as you say, it is you know interesting new ideas, fresh ideas, young companies. You know they want to try hard. They want to you know this is a big test for them. Um, and things like that can only can only help. But I think the thing that, that, as Mark said, the good thing is fans will have the option of both because I think one area that supporters would maybe be slightly concerned about here, especially given the current economic climate, is um, cost. 
mean, what is the cost going to be? You go on their website and you look at a lot of their, you know, they're their, their a premium brand. That's They're aiming at high-end product here. And it's all about cost. And I hope it, I just hope it's affordable. I hope it's affordable for fans. Yeah, pr- presumably that this particular one will be pretty expensive. Yeah. Uh, they, I think he, Tom Behan was pretty firm saying that they are, the replica tops as they stand, as they are produced, will be a similar price to what is already out there. Now, well, these things are, are extraordinarily expensive as it is. Anyway, um, yeah. But I suppose this one, this premium product will be for people who really want to splash out and want to double down on getting absolutely the best that money can buy and, and the closest to what the Rangers players are actually wearing. So I think it can only be a good idea, an innovative idea. Uh, I'm going to move on now to the idea that the honeymoon could be over for Steven Gerrard, guys. I was watching a couple of people debate on Twitter about what was required for Steven Gerrard this year. Many people now saying, you know, Gerrard needs to win the title uh, this season coming up, uh, next season as it is now. Um, or at least take a piece of silverware. Mark, what's your feeling on what Gerard would have to do and whether or not he's going to be under big pressure once this next season finally gets underway? Uh, I think getting extremely close to Celtic is important and he has to win at least one of the Cups. Um, I don't think there's any way he could go a third season without any sort of silverware at all. Uh, especially given what happened in the Scottish Cup this year, going out so early to Hearts. The League Cup final was a difficult one for Rangers to take, given the they dominated the game, and then there was also the offside goal that uh, Celtic scored. Uh, the league, we all know, fell apart, but obviously winning the league was is the most important aim, but I do think he has to take at least one of the Cup trophies if he can win the league, and he can't be quite as far behind at this stage or when the league was called, he can't be quite as far behind, what was it, 13 points at the start of March next season again. If he is, that, that's the end of him completely, I think, at Rangers and potentially the end of his dream, long-term dream of being a Liverpool manager because I don't see Liverpool hiring someone who couldn't get close to Celtic in Scotland. Yeah. Gav, you've seen Mark Warburton talk about this at the weekend, saying that the media are disconnected to reality when it comes to Rangers and what should be achieved uh, in terms of what a, a Rangers manager can achieve um, in a short space of time. Do you think that's this is another example of that, us talking about this, or is it realistic that you would expect, given he's had two years to put the foundations in, that he starts delivering in year three? Well, I think I think there's an element of, of truth in what Marvel Warburton's saying, but the, the the problem is that is the reality of life. That is the reality of Scottish football and the old firm. Um, there have been many Celtic managers. I mean, I, I have sympathy for Stephen Gerrard first. You know, he's in his first job and he's up against that that dominant Celtic team. Um, Ranger, you know, Celtic managers, the shoe was on the other foot during Rangers nine in a row. You know, we, I think we spoke before in the podcast, you know, about guys like William Brady, who was in a very similar situation to Stephen Gerrard. Uh, first, he dived straight in to his first job in managing uh, at the Old Firm. He was up against a dominant Rangers team. 
you know, Lou McCary, Tommy Burns, you know, that is the reality is that you, sometimes you're, you're working on a budget that, um, you know, well, sorry, you are working on a budget that is, you know, much less than your rivals, but it doesn't matter because you're purely judged on silverware and that is it. But, I mean, I remember actually asking Stephen Gerrard at a press conference before he was halting, you know, saying that, that, because he'd mentioned it himself the previous season that, you know, Celtic funding for Odson Edward, Celtic spent more on Odson Edward, one player, than he did in his entire budget. But the thing is, when you're judged, that isn't really taken into consideration. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. That is just the it is. And that's why we were talking earlier, you know, about whether Celtic deserve to be champions or whether there should be an asterisk next to them. The fact is, and this is what Stephen Gerrard and Rangers need to soon start thinking about, is that even if we assume Rangers have won their game in hand, as Mark said there, they would have been 10 points behind Celtic after 30 games. And that just isn't, that's not good enough. And that's what Stephen Gerrard now has to be focusing on. Two trophyless seasons uh, and potentially two Celtic trebles on his watch isn't good enough. There's been great strides off the park. We know that. He's really dragged the club up. There's other areas. Europe, a huge bonus. They've performed way better than anyone expected. But next season is about the title and only the title. There is going to be huge, huge pressure. Um, It's going to be tricky because who knows what the budget's going to be like. Um, But he's going to need to get quality players you know, maybe five or six, maybe as many as five or six are going to be needed all over the park because, the, because you know, the, the, by the end, by the time the season uh, shut down, they were trailing Celtic and it just wasn't really acceptable. Mark, uh, Gavin talks about quality players there and I know what he's getting at and I do agree with him about quality, but actually... For me, and I've talked about this on the podcast a few times with Scott, it's more about physicality and power than it is about quality. Rangers have tons of quality. They've got players like Joe Aribo. If they keep Haji, he is brimming with it. Ryan Kent. They need guys who can step up to the plate and overpower teams, in my view. Teams like St Mirren, like Hearts, like Hamilton. When it's tough, when it's sticky, when the pitch is poor, when the weather's crap. When everything's going against them, they need somebody who can physically power through. They need more than one somebody, actually. They need a few like that. And that's why I've been advocating long and hard on this podcast uh, that Rangers make moves for the likes of Lewis Ferguson, for the likes of London Dykes, guys who know the Scottish Premiership, guys who have played in England as well, I think would be on the radar because they have that power and physicality that they could bring potentially to the team. They know the league. They're not going to be like a, a Barisic or a Katic or a Hellander who's going to take time to get to used to the idiosyncrasies of Scottish football. Is that something you agree with or do you think that the answer is to continue building this extremely technical team and move towards something that can outplay teams in Scotland to an extent that they win that way? Which is I think, what I think Gerard's been doing with Michael Beale. I think it's a bit of both, really. I think you, you obviously need that physicality in Scotland anyway because it's such a difficult league. Uh, 
Can I just go back to that Mark Warburton point first though? I think that that shows how out of touch Mark Warburton is with Rangers fans more than anything else. And that showed up quite a lot during his last season at Rangers as well. When you look at him talking about how his heart sunk when he came out and saw the goal for 55 and all that. But anyway, on to your actual point. Uh, yeah, I think a bit of physicality is needed. That's, I've said for a long time as well that Rangers should go in for Lewis Ferguson. Uh, he might not be a starter every week. Uh, he might not start very often even, but he's something different to everything to the rest of the Rangers midfield. He's got a bit of dig about him as well that I don't think any of the Rangers midfield currently really have. Uh, maybe right, Jack has it, but if he's missing, then there's not anyone in the same kind. Uh, Lyndon Dykes, on the other hand, I'm not entirely sure that he's the kind of player that wins Rangers a league title. Uh, he's doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be the kind of player that's going to win them a title. This is not going to be the replacement for Morelos. You're talking about someone who can give you a different option in games yeah. where you're struggling. Yeah, but, yeah. Is, is, is Lyndon Dykes better than Florian Camberry? I, I, I'm I not think sure. so. I'm yeah. not sure he is. Yeah, so, sorry, but anyway, but Johnny, I know what you were saying there about, you know, you said they need physicality, you know, but when I was saying they need to bring in quality players, I mean, it, it, that could mean, you know, I'm not just saying technical. Yes. No, I'm just saying they need quality. In terms of the, yeah, they need quality. Um well, I mean, that could, that could mean a physical player. Dykes, um, I think Dykes would be a good option because what I think, I think on their day last season, you know, the starting 11 and Rangers proved it at times, you know, were, were, were as, as good as anyone, as good as Celtic, as they showed in that game in December. What they, what they lack is strength and depth. So they need more numbers. And also it's a, a question of mentality. I mean, it's, it's about, that's the biggest thing that is missing is mentality. They need mentality to be able to, to you know, to go toe-to-toe with Celtic over the course of a campaign. I think yeah. that's a great point. Anyone who's been watching the, the Last Dance on Netflix, which if you're not, it's absolutely phenomenal about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan in mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s and their dominance of the NBA. Uh-huh. Uh, they were going up against, uh, I think it was the Indiana something or other. I'm not a big basketball guy, <laughs> but this captivated me regardless. But, the, the, the team that they were going up against in 1998 for the NBA title were considered better man for man, probably, mm. uh, because the Bulls were coming to the end of their cycle as a side. Michael Jordan was, I think, 37 or 38 at the time. They were they were they were definitely at their absolute peak um, in terms of there was only one way down at that point, um, and, and this other side were considered better, but. They, they couldn't get over the line because, um, as their star player said, he said, you know, they just have the nous to win these games, to get over the line, having done it time and time again, year in, year out. Yeah. I think that was their sixth championship, which was sort of unprecedented in basketball at the times. So, uh, they'd done two separate trebles yeah. uh, in terms of the titles in a row. And, and I thought that really, really did apply to Celtic. It's exactly the same thing. It's Rangers probably man for man, in a game, you would probably, I would probably put my money on Rangers to beat them yeah, nine but, times, not nine times out of ten, but over a ten-game series. Yeah. I think I would fancy Rangers. Well, we went at the and, moment. Well, we went and, you know during Rangers nine in a row run. It's you know it's just a flip. It's a flip side. You know when Walter Smith created a team, and that's what they said. You know how often yeah. did they dominate games? You know the, the, the Betfred Cup final there was a role reversal. 
you know, Fraser Forster denying Rangers so many times. It used to be Andy Gorham. It all comes down to, as you say now, to know-how, mentality. Mark mentioned Lewis Ferguson there. I think he is the kind, that kind of mentality. You know, he 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 is somebody who would be a good addition. Um, but you know, I mean, he's not going to be cheap. I keep, I mean, I see since the, even since the news yesterday of Celtic being crowned champions and people have started to focus on next season and saying how huge it is for Steven Gerrard and Rangers and they must stop the 10, saying, you know, Douglas Park will need to, you know, dig deep and they need to throw money at it. But that's easier said than done. I mean, especially now, I mean, you know, it would have been hard enough without the, the coronavirus and the pandemic, you know. But, I mean, who knows how much clubs are going to be affected? I mean, how much money are Rangers going to have to spend? You know, I think they're going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to recruit, be creative, you know, deal within a budget, need more strength and depth. It could be that guys like Greg Docherty or McCrory will have to come back. Um, I mean, there's been talk about what areas to strengthen in. I think, I, I think, depending, you know, we don't know what the budget will be, but I don't think they, they were linked with um, the story like yesterday, they linked them with a Mets defender. Was it Mamadou Fofana? Um, I don't think they should be looking at defence. I think if you look at the league table, um, when the league was halted, I think Rangers Celtic conceded the exact same amount of goals. Am I correct in saying that? But the goals for column was where the big issue. That it's clear as day that that is where the issue lies. So middle to front is is where they need to strengthen. Middle to front on that right hand side. You know, Hadji as uh, another one, you know, did he make that permanent? I think Calgary were linked with him as well. The other day, Walter Zenga, their manager, was talking about him being a long-time admirer. So Hadji's one that's obviously bubbling anyway because he was on loan and they've got the option. So, would, you, would you take Hadji, Gavin? We know that Scott uh, and Mark are big fans. Yeah, I think, oh, no, I, I, think I definitely would, yeah. It's, it's just now about... I mean, what's it going to cost now? Is it four million? Is, is it going to change now? Well, I don't know what the price changes. Well, or- the, the latest news that was coming out today um, from uh, media in Belgium is uh-huh. that, that Rangers are negotiating with mm-hmm. Ghent about trying to get a, a, a different kind of deal or, or, or amendments to the deal to secure yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I definitely think. And the, the, the other advantage you've got is, of course, that he, you know, he, he, he's... He, He'll benefit from having had that six month. He knows what he's coming into, you know. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, if you thought the pressure was big, you know, when the season just finished, you know, whatever. Yeah. Can you imagine what it's going to be like going into it? Um, yeah. Again, you thinking back actually to when Rangers were going for ten in a row themselves. You know, you think back to that, and I mean, how they didn't win it. You, you, you know that, and that is the thing I suppose that the fans will be looking at. You know, they're, they're going to want to cling on to any bit of hope. Celtic are yeah. so dominant, they're thinking, how, how do we stop it? But Celtic would have been saying the same thing, um, you know, back then. You know, I think, I think Celtic lost the first couple of games, didn't they? And then Rangers had changed a bit of a 15 million that summer. But some huge odds on to win the league. Somehow Celtic managed to win it. These are things that Rangers will now be looking at themselves and say, well, how, how, can, we, how can we do it? Yeah, I think if I was Stephen Gerrard, guys, I would want to sit down with my technical stars, the yeah. likes of Joe Aribo, the likes of Hadji, if as we assume he's coming back, 
the likes of Ryan Kent and say to these guys, look, gentlemen, the three of you sitting here are as good technically as yeah. anything the Celtic have. You're not telling me that those three guys are, 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 are not effect, as effective technically as James Forrest or not as, got as much quality as James Forrest. They absolutely do. The problem is James Forrest is far more effective. You know, in terms of in-games, grinding out assists and goals, yeah, James Forrest that... is just a, a monster with regards to that. And, and that's what these guys need to look at. How do I make my game more effective in the Scottish Premiership? To get think, goals and assists. That's what, I think that's what we spoke about last week about as well, about having the settled squad and not having a big turnover of players again. And yeah. Guys like Forrest, Cal McGregor, uh, whoever else in that Celtic midfield have been there, done it for so long that they know what they're coming up against. Whereas yeah. maybe Joe Rebo didn't really understand what he would have to do when he's played at St. Martin away or Livingston away. But now next season he will and he'll change his game off a wee bit. I think even you saw that in a couple of games that Rangers played it. Uh, Livingston, the first game, he looked a bit bullied. Obviously he got that bad head injury. But then the second game, he completely ran the show for Rangers compared to the time before. So I think a lot of the players next season, the likes of Aribo, Haji, that have had that spell there, will be approved for places like that because they know what's coming. Okay, guys, well, we're going to call it a day there. Thanks for joining us today on the Record Rangers podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Um, You can contact us to discuss any of the things we've talked about here today via Twitter. Uh, I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. You can get a hold of Mark uh, at... What are you at? Does it Mark McDougall? I I can never remember this. It's it's McDougall1994. McDougall1994. There you go. And Gavin, I know you've always forgotten your Twitter handle and are furiously shuffling through your uh, your Twitter as we speak, trying to find your handle there, but it's at Gavin Berry DR Cool, right, there we go If you can give us a wee review on iTunes, that would be much appreciated, as this helps us get the podcast to as many listeners as possible So if you do that, that would be terrific Until next time, thanks for listening Everybody